0: Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew.
1: And my name is Anna.
0: And you're listening to the Culeps English Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Culeps. This is Chatterbox, the Culeps series for intermediate and advanced English learners that features natural, unedited conversations between native speakers about compelling topics trending current events, or even a hot issue. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Anna. Anna, I have a question for you right off the start of this episode. Okay. The question is, have you ever heard of plogging before?
1: Never. This is completely new for me. Plogging is a new term. I've learned something new today.
0: Plogging, Okay, it's new to you and it was new to me until I read an article about it recently. And it's a new trend and I thought it would make for a great episode here. So that's the topic for this episode, everyone. We are going to talk about plogging. And if you're like Anna and me and you don't really know what this is, don't worry, we'll break it down and explain it to you in just a moment. But before we do, I want to let everyone know about the transcript and study guide that is available for this episode. By signing up and becoming a Culips member, you can access it. Following along with the study guide while you listen to us is the best way to study English with Culips and by becoming a Culips member, you'll also support us and keep allowing us to make English lessons for people all over the world, so it's really a win-win. There's also a bunch of other extras that you'll get when you become a member. So to sign up and get the study guide for this episode, just visit QLips.com.
1: We also wanted to give a shout out to our listener, Salish1 from Japan, who left us a lovely comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Salish1, you wrote, I like listening to QLips Podcast. Sound quality is great. Topics are diverse. I enjoy listening. Thank you,
0: guys. Awesome. Thank you, Salish, for that fantastic review. And everyone, if you'd like to get a shout out at the start of an upcoming Culips episode, then all you have to do is leave us a positive review and a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to Culips and we'll select one of them and give that listener a shout out in an upcoming episode. And the reason why we ask for your support in doing this is just because it helps more English learners from around the world connect with us, find us and improve their English with us. So even if you leave just, you know, a short one word review, we'd really appreciate it. And with that said, Anna, it's time to talk about plogging. Time to talk about plogging. Anna, when you first heard this word, did any kind of image come into your head? Like, did you have any guess about what it meant?
1: Yeah, so this is a funny thing, because when I saw that word plogging, I was thinking, okay, it's either something to do with blogging, and it's a platform that I don't know about, and it's kind of a, something new. But I actually didn't have any clue. I was really far off. I had absolutely no idea. But I did think it was a bit strange. I was thinking, what on earth are we going to be talking about? (laughs) When you said blogging, I was getting slightly worried uh, that we'd be talking about something quite strange. Uh, But it's actually not, it's
0: quite normal, actually. It's quite normal. So Why don't we break down this word then? The reason why it kind of sounds strange to Anna and I is because it's not really an English word. It's a loan word, which we have borrowed from the Swedish language. But it sounds like it could be an English word, like plog. There's not really a word. Maybe you could say, like, that guy is plogging around or plogging along, like walking very slowly. Like, that's what I imagined at Mm -hmm. first, almost like trotting, plogging, maybe... My brain confused those two terms. I'm not sure, but originally it's from the Swedish, and it's a combination of two verbs. So I apologize to all our Swedish listeners here, but I'll try my best to pronounce these verbs. Uh, the first one is plucka up, and maybe with a Swedish accent, it has more intonation than that. <laughs> but plucka up, which in English means pick up, very similar actually to the English. And the second verb is yoga. I imagine the pronunciation is like that, yoga, which means to jog. So if we combine these two, pick up and jog, well, then we get uh, plugging, which means to pick up litter or pick up trash while you're jogging. So it's a kind of activity that people do while they're exercising to take care of the environment and make their community, a cleaner and better place to live. Yeah,
1: and it started as an organized activity in Sweden in around 2016, but now it's actually spread to loads of other countries. So there's a really big plugging group in India, which is actually the largest community of pluggers in a single city. And so far, they've actually collected 40,000 kilograms of plastic, which I think is pretty impressive. So, plogging seems to be a very effective way to collect rubbish.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Actually, the reason that uh, I came across plogging is because I saw uh, somebody from Vancouver, which is very close to my hometown in Canada, was doing some plogging over the pandemic. And he was actually getting angry because he was posting pictures of all of the trash and rubbish that he had been collecting during his daily jogs. And he runs every day for around 20 kilometers. So he's, you know, kind of a long distance runner. And during his run, he could pick up bags and bags of trash. Anna, could you guess what the number one item that he picks up during his runs are these days? It's an item that's related to the time that we're all going through right now.
1: Well, with that clue, I'm going to go for masks.
0: Exactly. He's picking up bags and bags of masks. He actually runs around uh, on his daily jogs with bread bags, you know, like the plastic bags that bread comes in. And he says this is the perfect size to fill with masks. And he can fit around 100 to 150 masks in one bread bag. So, you know, he just kind of fills up his pockets with these bread bags each morning and then jogs through his neighborhood and picks up the masks at the same time. And, you know, I could understand why masks are kind of becoming a problem, probably not just in Canada, but all over the world for litter and pollution. And that's because, you know, like personally, if I'm on a walk and I see a little piece of trash, like maybe a candy bar wrapper or something, I might pick it up. No, not every time. I'm not a perfect citizen, but I might pick it up if I was like, you know, had some free time and just wanted to make the street look better. But if I saw somebody's mask on the side of the street, I would never pick it up. Like I don't want to touch somebody's gross, dirty mask. So I can understand why this is like, Uh, a very real pollution problem that we're experiencing right now.
1: Yeah, my question would be, is he wearing gloves? Because you're not going to find me picking up anybody's used mask off the side of the street. So I think one essential for me would have to be a nice pair of gloves and something to make sure that it's hygienic. But I, I really think fair play. I mean, it's a good thing to do. I'm not sure if I'm going to start jogging and picking up rubbish, but i I'm kind of like you. I mean, if I see something, I don't like to see litter nobody wants to see litter. But the fact of the matter is that lots of people leave it everywhere. I feel that I'm quite conscious in making sure that I I always put things in the bin outside in the correct places. So I think fair play, but I'm not sure if it's something that I'm going to start to do around Madrid City Centre, for example. We have bin collectors. I feel like, that's enough. I'm not sure if I want to start doing that, but maybe it's something in the future I might consider.
0: Yeah. Well, to get back to your point about that guy needing a good pair of gloves, he actually has like some really long tongs, I guess you would call them, to pick up the trash. So there is no body to used mask contact happening, which I think is very, very good for his own health and safety. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that makes complete sense. I was just thinking I was kind of stupid there because of course they have the tongs with the things that pick up the litter. I I mean, fair play because if I'm jogging, the last thing I want to do is also carry a small steak and two more bags of things as well. It's hard enough running for me. So uh, fair enough that they're also carrying extra extra things as well. I haven't seen it where I live. I haven't seen this trend take off but perhaps I'm not very plugged into the plugging circuit to know about it.
0: Yeah, where I live here in Seoul, South Korea, I haven't seen it either. Now, our longtime listeners will know that one of my hobbies is actually running and I get outside and jog around my neighborhood three to four times a week usually. And so I've thought that maybe plugging would be a good activity for me to do. But To be honest, the park where I jog is actually quite clean. There is a park's crew, and I see them sometimes in the morning. They're out there picking up the trash by hand. So it's not like the park is a perfect park where nobody litters. People still litter, unfortunately, but there is a crew there that picks it up, and that's really good. So I don't know that if I went plogging where I usually run that I would be very successful, but... Uh, And I'm not sure if I've told you this yet, but I think our listeners will know. My wife and I adopted a dog, and uh, I go and take the dog out for a walk every morning. That is my responsibility, walking the dog in the a.m. shift. And when I walk the dog early in the morning, I go to a different park than I go when I run, and that park's actually a little dirty. There is no public garbage can And so I've been inspired by this plogging trend to start picking up some trash when I walk Pinky, our dog. So I haven't started yet. I'm a little bit worried about how the neighbors will react because, you know, it might be a little strange for them to see a foreigner walking around, picking up garbage and walking a little white dog early in the morning, but... At the end of the day, I don't really care. I think it will make the community a better place to live, make my neighborhood, uh, yeah, just prettier and better than before. So I'm going to give it a try. I've been inspired by vlogging.
1: (laughs) And also that's an important point about dogs. Now, this is a very important point for me about keeping the neighborhood clean. One thing that absolutely drives me crazy is when people don't pick up dog litter. And I'm sure you do, Andrew. I'm sure many people do.
0: I do. Yes.
1: But it drives me absolutely bonkers. And this is one thing where I think this would be a good place to give people fines because it drives, it drives me crazy. It's one thing I absolutely hate because I just think it doesn't take very much effort. I mean, I'm sure maybe there's some people that physically maybe they can't pick things up. I understand that but that's one thing about my neighborhood that I like to be really nice and, and not have dog litter everywhere. Now, I'm not sure if this guy goes around picking up dog litter as well. I'm, I'm not sure if that's part of his routine, but a dog litter for me is just one of those things that in my neighborhood drives me absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, now as a dog owner, it drives me extra insane because I realized how easy it is and how insignificant it is to do that. So like, you know, your dog has to go to the washroom and after it finishes its business, picking it up takes like two seconds. It's not even a big deal at all. So uh, for people who don't pick up after their dog, I don't understand why that is. And, you know, I've almost been tempted, this is a little gross, but it drives me nuts to the extent where I've been tempted to pick up other people's dog waste because I just hate seeing it in the park. Like it's kind of gross and disgusting, but my wife discouraged me from doing that because she said, A, it's kind of nasty and B, like that will almost encourage people more not to pick up after themselves and after their dog if they realize that somebody else is picking it up. So I took her words into consideration. And like I usually do, I agreed with her and I haven't done that. But yeah, I'm totally on the same page as you that not picking up after your pet is kind of disrespectful for other people.
1: So disrespectful, and it's just the worst thing. Is if you arrive, you you know you don't want to have to look down at the pavement everywhere you're walking to make sure that you don't step in anything, and then arrive at work and you've stepped in something. So that that really gets on my nerves. But I think it's everyone's responsibility. To, if you want to live in a nice, clean neighborhood, it's everyone's responsibility to make sure you put litter in the bin and and put rubbish in the correct places. And one thing where where I live or part of Spanish culture is leaving, when people clear out their flats, they leave things on the street and it's like fair game. If it's left on the street, anybody can come along and pick it up, which was something new for me. So, you know, you'll be walking down the street and then you'll see a huge mattress, a wardrobe, uh, five chairs, uh, a dinner table set. Uh, So it's not necessarily litter, but it's old furniture that people don't want anymore. And people come along and they collect it. So that was a bit weird for me. I thought, well, why are you putting your mattress in the middle of the street? I don't want to see your old mattress. But in a way, it gets recycled and somebody will take it or they will dispose of it somewhere else. But I do think it's everyone's responsibility to make sure that you you keep your neighborhood clean and, and nice and then you can enjoy it more. And it feels nice when you go for a walk and which is really important now that we're maybe not traveling as much and we're spending more time in our neighborhoods and it's nice to have a clean neighborhood. And as you said, it's more respectful for everybody that's living there as well.
0: You'd have to be pretty adventurous to pick up a mattress from the side of the road and bring it home. I don't know if I would ever find myself doing that, but I think a dining room set or some nice vintage furniture piece, maybe I would take it home. I know in Canada, some communities like where I used to live in Victoria, British Columbia, there's a real kind of freebie culture there, and most people, when they move, they will, you know, throw out many things, right? It always happens when you move. You have so many things that you need to get rid of. But instead of just throwing them in the trash, people will put them outside in front of their house with uh, a free sign, and often on social media, the word will spread really quickly. Like, there's even communities on Instagram and Facebook that are, like, free box So if somebody is like out for a walk, and they see a free box, they'll take a picture and put it online. And they'll say to the community, hey, guys, there's like free books here. Uh, 123 Main Street, come and get them. And people will come and just pick up the free things. So I think that's a good way to reduce the amount of trash that we create when we move.
1: Yeah. And I think it's lovely because I think there's a there's an expression in English, which is one person's rubbish is another person's treasure.
0: Oh, I'm not sure if that's right. One man's trash is another man's treasure.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if that's quite right, but it's it's got the same meaning. Like one thing you don't want anymore could be amazing for somebody else. I think it's great. I love finding things or when my friends pass me things that they don't want anymore. I think it's a great way to almost recycle things or, you know, reuse things rather than just throwing them all away, which just seems like such, such a waste. I always try and pass things on to my friends if I don't want them anymore before. And as a last resort, get rid of things in the trash. I think I'm more conscious about that now, especially.
0: And I think we can wrap up this episode with a fun story about the writer David Sedaris. I'm curious, have you ever read any books by David Sedaris? No,
1: never. No.
0: No. Okay. He is an American writer and essayist. Uh, a lot of his writing is personal. And it's about his own life. So it's not fiction per se, but it's uh, mostly about him and his very unique family. He's got a really bright, um, eccentric family that he comes from. And his sister, Amy Sedaris, is also a famous writer. Just a really interesting family. And Although he's American, David Sedaris has lived abroad in Paris and um, in the UK as well. And I guess because he's a writer, um, he probably has more free time than other people, right? He doesn't have to go to the office from nine to five every day, for example. So he's got more free time than most people. And when he was living in a place called West Sussex, uh, do you know where that is, Anna West Sussex?
1: Yeah, yeah, West Sussex is in the UK. It's round more or less near London.
0: Near London. Okay. So he was living in West Sussex and every day he would walk around his neighborhood picking up trash and when I say walking around, I don't just mean like a short 20-minute walk uh or stroll after lunch. Uh for example, he was walking over 60,000 steps a day. He recorded his steps with his phone and For listeners who have ever logged their steps, everybody will know that that's crazy. That's a very long distance because when I feel like I've had a big day of walking and I look at my phone to check my steps, it's usually like 10,000 or 15,000. So 60,000 is crazy. That's a huge amount of walking. He would walk around and pick up trash and he had such an impact on his community that he actually inspired the local government to clean up their act and become better at trash control in the community. And they actually purchased a new trash truck, (laughs) uh, a new garbage truck, and they named it after David Sedaris. They asked him what he would like the truck to be called. They were like, we're going to buy this truck for the community, and in honor of you, David Sedaris, we will let you name the truck. And because he's kind of like a funny guy and has a very uh, unique sense of humor, he decided to call the trash truck Pigpen Sedaris, Pigpen Sedaris. Of course, a pig pen is where a pig lives, and there's a big picture of a pig on the side of the truck, and um, that is how trash is collected now in West Sussex.
1: That's crazy. And just to come back to 60,000 steps, because that is crazy. Like I remember, as you said, measuring my steps, 10,000 steps, 15,000 steps. I think the most I've ever done is like 38,000 steps. And that was when I was doing a hike or something like this. So 60,000, I mean, he must have some free time because I don't know what what he's doing for the rest of the day, but that's got to take a few hours. But I mean, what an achievement to try and change something just by your own actions. You've been able to change and improve something at that level. I think it's really great. He must be really pleased with that. And the council as well, I'm sure, are very happy with, with the work that he's done.
0: Absolutely. And to also have like a famous figure like that in your community making a change really can inspire other people as well. So listeners, I'm gonna post the picture of the Pigpen Sedaris garbage truck on our Instagram uh, with the posting for this episode. So you can see a picture of the truck because it's pretty funny. And uh, any listener that also would like to check out David Sedaris in more detail, I'd recommend the book, Me Talk Pretty One Day. Uh, It's a very excellent book and a great intro into his writing. He's a genius, I have to say. I think David Sedaris is a genius and I would recommend him to anyone. So make sure to check our Instagram so you can see that funny picture that was inspired by David Sedaris. Well, everyone, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned a lot with us. And hey, Anna, maybe we even inspired some people to go blogging.
1: I hope so. That would be good. Maybe in the future for me, but let's see.
0: We'll see, we'll see. Now, everyone, if you want to get the study guide for this episode, including the transcript and practice exercises, then you just have to visit our website, which is Qlips.com
1: Becoming a CULIPS member is a great way to support us, but it's not the only way. You can also support us by leaving us a five-star rating and nice review
0: on your podcast
1: app, telling your friends about Kulips and following us on social media.
0: That's right. Stay up to date with us by checking us out on YouTube and Instagram. If you have any questions or suggestions for an upcoming Qlips topic that you would like to let us know about, then please contact us. Our email address is contact at We'll be back soon with another brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See
1: you later.